dedicated to each and every one of you who appreciate a great glass of wine. Monday. Let's raise a glass to the beginning of another week. It's time to unscrew, uncork, or savor a bottle. And let's begin exploring the wine glass. Today, I am sitting down with Deb Stilson of Stilson Cellars in downtown Paso Robles. What started as a wouldn't that be great if led to we can actually do this and we are doing it. After months of searching for the ideal location, Deb and her sons, Cole and Tyler, took the plunge. Gilson Cellars, located on Railroad Street, is a boutique family-owned and run winery. Their vineyard and home are in the Geneseo district. Geneseo roughly translates to shining and beautiful valley in Iroquois. Please take a moment to rate and review the podcast. Did you know that you can do it right now while you are listening? New ratings and reviews are how the algorithms decide which podcasts they recommend to others. And if you love the podcast, other wine lovers will too. So don't forget to add your email address on the website to keep up on all things exploring the wine glass. Hey everybody, I'm Lori Budd, a UC Davis winemaking program, Spanish wine scholar, someday service, champagne and Clotheron specialist, and a WSET level two graduate. You can find Exploring the Wine Glass on all the socials, as well as your favorite podcast catchers. If you haven't subscribed yet, now's the perfect time to swipe, subscribe, rate, and review. Stay in the know about all things wine by visiting my website, exploringthewineglass.com. I promise I'll never tell you what to drink, but I'll always share what's in my glass. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Allure of the Poor, sponsored by Dracina Wines. I am your host, Lori, and today we are continuing with the downtown Paso Robles vibe, and we have Stilson Sellers with us today, and Deb Stilson is stepping in to tell us all about the wine, the winery, downtown, all the good stuff. So welcome, Deb. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. So my very first question always, always, always is the origin story. So how did you find your way to wine? What what made you decide, you know, wine is a cool thing to do? <laughs> well, I've loved the wine for a long time. But um, what I think where our story begins is finding our way to Paso. Um, we had the opportunity to come to Paso in 2011. We were actually following my in-laws who had moved to Cambridge in 2010. And um, we followed them up here and we were able to stay for a couple of years and it just wasn't enough. And we had to move back down to LA County um, in 2013. We always said we were going to return here and wanted to retire here someday. And um, then in 2019, we bought a small vineyard and we were able to return. Well, that is wonderful. I love when I hear like a dream come true. Like, you know, you didn't, you didn't give up on it because you had to go back down South. Yes. So what, what is the first wine that you drank that you remember? Like as, wow, this is pretty good wine, you know, not, not <laughs> like, not like we were drinking, like just drinking, like what is the first wine you remember <laughs> as well? Wow, oh my goodness. Wine. That's a difficult question. Is it? Um, because I, it's goodness, probably Opolo Mountains in, to be honest. Okay. Because right. that I felt like whenever you went to the grocery store, because back then I didn't 
know there was such a place called Paso, right? <laughs> that you can go get great wines. But when you went to the grocery store, if you were going to pick up a nice bottle of wine, I felt like you were, Opelo was very consistent. It always tasted great to me. So Mountains Inn was kind of the go-to. All right. All right. And yeah, it's, um, it's incredible how when we first uh, found Paso, we, we literally found it by accident. So my husband wanted to live in Northern, uh, Northern California. I wanted to live in Southern California. And we were like, well, let's find this Central Coast thing and see what it's about. And then, whoa, this is a great place. And, you know, it's, it's hard to leave once you find it. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so the vineyard you found um, is in the Geneseo uh, district. So like just for people who are listening, um, I talk about Paso and the 11 districts or sub AVAs, nestled AVAs, however you want to say it, but tell us about this specific district and what, you know, how can you describe it the best is what that district has unique. Ooh, um, you know, I, I don't really know the intricacies of the different districts. I know that we're one of the furthest on the east side, so it definitely is warmer over here. Um, we do get some morning fog, but not as much as the west side does get. Um, I'm sure that there probably is a possibility that some people could possibly dry farm out here, but that would be a, a struggle. So we do irrigate. We irrigate um, as as needed and not just um, on a timer because we want our roots to dig down and get in the soil. But it is definitely drier and hotter out here on the east side of Paso. Right, absolutely. I, be I believe it might actually even be the warmest in terms of that Winkler scale thing. I think it is technically that warmer warmest uh district um but that to me that warmth and that heat makes you be able to grow a lot of grape varieties and ripen them fully to both you know the sugar levels and the uh phenological you know the physiological everything the acids get there so i think it's a great benefit to be out there in that in the east side yes mm -hmm. How big is the vineyard site? So our, our, our property isn't large. It's five acres um, and it does have a house on it. Um, but it has, so we have a block of Cabernet Sauvignon and then we have a block of, of um, Syrah. When we yeah. purchased it, it had a block of Zinfandel um, where the Syrah is now, but it really was struggling. Okay. Um, and I'm not sure that if it was the way it was planted or, or how, but um and then we have a very large uh, olive grove as well. Ah, do you make olive oil? Yes. Mm -hmm. Nice. I, how did I not know that? <laughs> I don't. It's because it's not. I mean, it's not a. It's not a focus. It's just a, a fun extra that we get to take part in. But it's not what our focus was. Oh, but yeah, right. we do sell the olive oil in the tasting room. All right. Well, next time I'm in, I'm going to be bringing my bread and ready to dunk. <laughs> there you go. Absolutely. So when when you came up to Paso to fulfill your dream, uh, you know, of of your vineyard site, how, how did you even find this vineyard? Was it like, you know, realtor.com? Like, how did you how did you come across this vineyard? I was on Zillow a lot. I was on a lot of the sites. We had a realtor up here that was looking for us as well. Um, we had found a couple of different properties. We were looking at an 18 acre parcel, um, kind of up by, uh, San Marcos road, but it didn't have a house on it. Uh, my son was, his plan was to move up 
and to become the winemaker. And so that's kind of what we needed. It was a house on it as well. And then honestly, we just got like, like I said, I found it on Zillow. I made an appointment. I thought we were meeting our realtor here, but it was just us and the owners. He thought I was the realtor. I'm not sure, but we ended up meeting and putting in an offer in that day and it closed 20 days later. Oh, nothing like spinning that around quickly. Right. And that was August, (laughs) the end of August, it closed escrow. And then, you know, right around the corner, we were pulling grapes. And then right around that corner, we were pulling olives and learning everything really quick. Were you looking for the olives also? Or was that just a bonus? Yeah, that was just a bonus. <laughs> I can I, I can imagine five acres uh, dealing with the five acres or how much is it un, is under vine? Uh, it's probably almost two. two. That's and a lot. It's about, it's about a, an eight, almost an acre of olive. Okay. So that's- And we also have like 15 pista- uh, pistachio trees and 75 almond trees and we have- pomegranate and it's it's very planted oh well okay so tell tell cole is cole the one who lives there yeah i we, we both do we both, oh, you do. both do okay yeah. well if you ever see somebody sneaking around getting pistachios <laughs> olives or whatever just you know just, <laughs> just look the other way too. <laughs> yeah <laughs> awesome all right so I, I just i just talked about cole a little bit but so like stilson sellers is truly a family affair so tell us about everybody who's involved in in making Stilson Cellars the winery. So um, the corporation Stilson LLC is owned or Inc is owned by myself and my two boys. Um, my sons are twenty six and twenty four. Colby and the twenty four year old. Um, what happened was when we were up in May of two thousand nineteen, um, Cole was with me and we had gone up to Cambria to visit my in laws who still live there, and. Um, we had done some wine tasting and then, you know, on the way home, I was just kind of being facetious to be honest. And I said, well, if you want to change your major one more time, why don't you learn how to make wine? (laughs) I'll buy a piece of property, plant vines. After you go through your schooling, the vines will be ready. We'll learn how to make wine. I'll have an endless supply of wine. (laughs) And, uh, and about that time was when I would be ready to retire is what in my mind, that was the plan. And so, um, Fast forward September, October, or August, we closed escrow on this place. Uh, he, we, there was nobody living here at the time. Tyler, my older son, was coming up during that first harvest. Um, and we found uh, amazing families at Bella Luna who kind of took yeah. us under their wing. And that's where we do our processing. And we hired uh, Jimmy Zanoli to be our consultant winemaker. Oh, okay. And so that's kind of where it all started. Then in January of 2020, Cole moved up here Um he finished his semesters down there and and work and came up here in 2020. And then I followed, I didn't stay to retire. I followed in June of 2020. I couldn't stay away. I was like, Nope, I'm done. <laughs> so and You don't Tyler, want to be down there when all this great stuff is going on. No. So Tyler um, is still down South. He lives in Santa Clarita and he's an LA city firefighter. So he, he comes up for the major things that we've got, you know, like when we have a pickup party or all that. So he's still a big part of it, but he can't, he can't live here. And then Cole, um, he has now taken over as the winemaker. He's learned so much from all of the winemakers that are part of the two families at Bella Luna, and they've literally taught him everything. That is something that I think is spectacular about Paso and honestly, very unique. I I don't think I could be wrong, but I don't think that there's very many wine regions out there that winemakers are willing to divulge their 
so-called secrets of, you know, of winemaking to the next generation or to the people who are trying to learn about it, like they do in Paso. It's just so, you know, giving it forward or passing it on Mm. in Paso. And now a word from our sponsor. The 27 individual tasting rooms that make up the downtown wine district are situated in the heart of Paso Robles city center, where you are only steps away from all Paso Robles has to offer in the way of dining, shopping, and entertainment. Visit downtown Paso Robles to find yourself among the greatest concentration of wineries in the area. In downtown, consumers can experience Paso Robles' rich and diverse wine country lifestyle sample quality wines from each of the region's 11 distinct sub-appellations and have the opportunity to meet vintners that are as passionate about downtown as they are about their wine. Very, very well said. And honestly, I have to say that I, I think that you're, you're correct, that I don't picture another place like Paso that, that would have that type of feel in this industry. I think Paso is what makes it unique. The people here are that way and genuine. Um, And then when you add the type of industry that it is, it's a very giving. And like you said, um, you can ask any other winery a question or ask for advice or help or contact and you get it right away. Um, And I don't, I don't see that happening in a lot of places, but then I don't see a lot of places like Paso. That is true. That is true. Very, very special. So with that, that's kind of like a perfect lead in is why Paso for you? We just fell in love with it when we moved here. Yeah, I, I, I can't put it in words. I grew up in a small town um, and it kind of reminds me a lot of the way I grew up. And that was, it's, it's just so amazing here. Yeah, it, it is. And I know I ask, I ask everybody from Paso that question and it's like, it just is spectacular here. There's just so much to do. And I, mm-hmm. I agree the the people are, people are the best here. There's just mm-hmm. no ends up or buts about it. I like to say that it's a tiny little bubble inside California where people are not Californians, they're Paso Robles. And they, they have that it, just sweetness about it. Absolutely. I agree 100%. So what wines, what is your wine portfolio? Um, okay, so we have, like I said, we have the Cab Sauv on our property. Uh, the Syrah that we planted is uh, not ready to be harvested okay. yet. We're going to probably drop the fruit again this year, uh, be in the fourth year, and then we'll pull next year. We had okay. Zen the first year, so uh, we did make a Zen and an estate cab we still have. But outside of what we have on the property, Cole goes out to um, different wineries or vineyards that he likes and he has contracts with. So um, we have a Viognier on the list that uh, was made from uh, Templeton and we're basically all over the AVAs. So um, our Rosé Ray is our Rosé. It's made of Syrah and Grenache and those are both from the Adelaida AVA. Um, We have... Uh, 100% Syrah, 100% Zen, and 100% Cab, all from the Templeton Gap area. And then we have a Cabernet Merlot, um, all from West, uh, and Syrah up at the West Side Vineyards up in Adelaide as well. And so these contracts are have been in place and continual every every year. You're, you're, yeah, you've yeah, established this relationship. 21, 22 uh, was when he wanted to move a little bit more to some West Side grapes. Uh, we have 
we we did have a coalescence, which is a Cab Merlot blend that both the grapes, the Cab and the Merlot came from Stillwater. So still on the east side. Um, but yeah, we're kind of all over the place, to be honest. But he's he's kind of finding his niche on what he wants to do. And every year he adds a new grape that he wants to play with. <laughs> so I think last year we bought some Tempranillo so that he could um, dabble in Tempranillo. And I think today or this year he's talking about wanting a contract of Petite Syrah. Oh, okay. Petite Syrah. Um, nice. If he ever finds any uh, Petite Verdot, please let me know because I'm on a mission for that. I have a okay. question for Petite Verdot. <laughs> <laughs> so you're tasting, well, actually, before we get into the tasting room, let's talk about a very special wine. So you were generous enough to provide me with a sample of Aware, which is Zinfandel, which this, which this is, um, uh, this label is absolutely magnificent. So, and it's not doing it's justice. That, yeah. yeah, it's not doing justice. No, um, Got to go right right in front of me, I think is probably a best way to do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you can see it a little bit there. Okay. And so now this is aware and it is a Zinfandel from um, El Pomar district. So first tell us about the wine itself, like the Zinfandel, and then tell us why this is such a special wine. And I'm okay. going to finally get to drink it. Oh, there you go. I'll pour myself some as well. So um, this is 100% Zinfandel. And like you said, it's from El Pomar, um, Sarzati's Vineyard to be specific. Um, this is in reserve style. We left it uh, in the barrel an extra year. So this 2019 was just bottled in July of last year. Okay. And um, it, to me... I. I, I I feel like everybody's tastes change over time. Mm -hmm. And then you kind of um, go up and down about what you like and, and come back around in a full circle sometimes. And so there was many different times in my life where Sor or Zinfandel was my favorite. Uh, I went through the, the phase of wanting big, bold, jammy Zins that had no pepper finish. And then I switched and wanted to taste the pepper and not have so much jam. And I feel like this one is kind of right in the middle of that continuum. You do get um, a lot of the fruit flavors in the beginning uh, with, with some preserve type taste. And then I still get um, some nice white pepper at the end. It has a smooth finish because it was in the barrel that extra time. Mm -hmm. Neutral oak, not to give it any tertiary um, additives, but just to kind of soak in it. I do get, I do get the white pepper. I also get beautiful, uh, baking spice on the nose yeah. and there is um like kind of like that pl plum the dark dark plum uh you know in on the nose and on the on the palate the one thing and i agree 100 mike and i both went through a stage of zinfandel where it was in your face zinfandel and you know the the glass was like you know, a foot away from your nose and that pepper was, you know, <laughs> this is Zinfandel, you know, um, and we, our palate has changed also. Um, but this, I agree 100%. It is right smack in the, in that middle because it has the beautiful fruit that Zinfandel can be generous with, but it's not in your face. Um, you know, it's not jammy. And that's one of the things that people think about when it gets too hot for Zinfandel, you know, you know, um, that it can be too jammy. This, this is beautiful. It's, um, the spice that is in it. And then the, the body is fantastic because it is not 
such a full-bodied zin that you feel like you're you're drinking a meal. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, the acid in it, along with that tannin structure, provides a, a nice body that lingers on your palate. So two thumbs up to that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> very, very nice. Um, so tell us what's what is special about the bottle, though. So um, this bottle is very special to us. It's a tribute bottle um, that we wanted to put out in honor of my husband who died in 2016. Um, AWARE stands for the suicide prevention um, and awareness of the signs of pending suicide. And so we um, wanted to do something special. Zen was his his wine of choice. Um, And so obviously we put him in a Zen bottle. Um, the logo is uh, a guardian angel with firefighter um, turnouts on, and that represents Sean being our guardian angel. He's with us all the time, and I feel like he's kind of pulling a lot of the strings that have happened for us, which is pretty neat to have him here. Um, 50% of the profits of every bottle goes to uh, different organizations who have the same uh, goal in mind, which is to bring awareness to the prevention of suicide. And so we've had the um, been fortunate to be able to donate some money to uh, National Alliance on Mental Illness and Slow. And then we uh, also have donated to a firefighters group that fights against suicide called ne- Next Rung. And so they've been a benefactor. And then most recently, um, we reached out and donated to the fi- LA City Firefighters Widows and Orphans Fund, which they were a huge help to us when we needed it, when Sean died. So I'm just trying to figure out other organizations that can benefit and, um, you know, next find the next place to give some, some love and money to um, bring awareness to suicide. So are you each vintage donating those funds to a different charity or are you adding these charities in and each vintage they're getting a bit of you know it's not super structured right now we just are when we're ready to like i see some you know we're ready to cut a check and then i i find out more and more i had heard about um a first responders canine group down in um slow so i've got that that i'm going to look into next i think they're going to be our next benefactor um, and it's just trying to kind of spread the wealth. We've had so much um, love and outpour with this bottle that people buy it for the sure fact that we are trying to do something good with the money. And so I want to make sure that we continue to do that. Yeah, and, you know, it is it's such a it's such a sad thing that there's so many people in our community um, that are troubled and have these issues and you know that saying of you know you, you don't know what's going on in somebody's life uh it it really is is so true it's like just you know when somebody does something that can annoy you or trigger you or do something you can without getting so upset about it you have to think maybe there's something that caused them to do that and the awareness of not everybody has the ability to have a place to talk about it to work it out or get the help that they need mm-hmm. is something that i wish the our country did better honestly yeah. and i yeah. and i think that i think they're moving in that direction um i i know that 
Um, for different careers, there's definite difficulties with your job. And I think that firefighters and first responders specifically, they don't, um, their departments don't have a great way to deal with the trauma that they are dealing with on a sometime daily basis, which is called compact trauma. And so I, I, I hope and wish that all the fire departments and all of the, you know, different first responder outlets are, are starting to take a little bit more serious look at not just physical illness, but emotional and, and be able to give their, their people what they need when they need it and make it not such a stigma of being able to talk about it and just, okay, let's go to the next run. Let's buck up. And so is there potentially um, Zinfandel back in the future on the estate? Um, no, no, I don't think so. Where the Zinfandel was, we planted Syrah. Right. Um, I do have an empty block that I, I, I was kind of hesitating on planting anything yet. <laughs> so I, you never know what we're going to do next, but right now, um, I'm just waiting for my Syrah babies to be picked and, and have a good glass of estate Syrah. Right. Fantastic. And you said this is your fourth leaf? Uh, third leaf, third, third leaf. leaf. Thirdly, yeah. oh well, maybe another rosé ray too. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> I, I, I want to keep some grapes because I want to test them this year. But um, yeah, we'll probably drop <laughs> the fruit this year on that one. And now uh, we are going to be talking about Rosé Ray on television in in June for Rosé Day, but I just love the name and I love the story behind it. So why don't you just share how about a little bit about your Rosé? Okay, so obviously we don't take anything too seriously, hence the, me poking at my son about getting a real career mm -hmm. or finding a, a major he could stick with. Um, along that lines, uh, in the beginning, we were just, we took on the red wine, you know, we're learning how to be vineyard owners, learning how to be business owners, learning how to work for ourselves and make wine. And my boyfriend um, kept saying that we needed a rosé, we needed a rosé, we needed a rosé. And, and Cole and I, we just, we weren't, we weren't ready. We weren't ready to take on something new. And he kept pushing it. And so I finally said, well, then we're going to call it Rosé Ray, like thinking he would drop it. His name is Ray. <laughs> and he's like, okay. And I'm like, okay, oh, great. So backfire. Then I, <laughs> yeah, backfire. <laughs> okay. So then we're going to put your picture on it. And I found a picture of him without his hat on his bald head. <laughs> and clearly you can see if you know Ray without his hat on, you can tell he's on the bottle. And then and I said, well, your, your, your face is going to be on it. It goes, okay. And then the designer who we've, we've worked with for since the, since the beginning, he knows his personality and he, he knows that Ray has tattoos all over. So he goes, do you think he'll mind if I tattoo roses on his face on the bottle? I said, I'm sure he'll be fine with it. And then, so roses on the face, the gold label jazzed it up and makes it nice and pretty, but it is a picture of Rose Ray. <laughs> and that is a Rose of what? It's uh, 93%. This vintage year is 93% Syrah and 7% Grenache. Oh, okay. Oh, my, I do love my Grenache. Fantastic. Delicious. Yes. All right. So let, let's go bring us back down to downtown. So your tasting room is downtown Paso. Why you've got this vineyard, you have a house on the vineyard, you know, why choose downtown as a tasting room versus maybe having a tasting room out in the vineyard? Um, well, first, we didn't realize when we bought the place that we, uh, due to zoning, we couldn't have the taste room at the at, on the vineyard. Oh. Yeah, because we're kind of in a neighborhood. It's not a, it's not like a neighborhood neighborhood, but it's in a, it's called Ground Squirrel Hollow. 
Oh. Uh, and so there's different rules for what you can have where, and we didn't know it at the time. But honestly, um, picking downtown was really such a great um, opportunity. I that that feel of being downtown, I just absolutely love. Like the concerts in the park during the summer, I'm like literally at every one of them. Um, we close at six on Thursday and we will always close at six on Thursday because I will always be the one going over to the park and I don't <laughs> have to close on people. So it's just, you know, it's, it's that feel that I just, I love, I love that people can just walk by and find you, whether they're walking from their Airbnb down the street or when they've had lunch and then they want to go get a glass of wine, they're just walking right there. So it's really just that, that down home feel that I talked about earlier. And do you, do you think that, um, like I find downtown is such a collaborative place there it's, it's just, and I'm not putting anything down, um, against the wineries that have vineyards because they're beautiful and they do their own thing. But I just think there's something special about how the wineries in downtown, along with the restaurants, along with everything in downtown kind of just seem to work together. Like, you know, well, I think it's because as opposed to being in a in the vineyard, the vineyards are a drive. Um, they're beautiful. They're a great place to hang out for hours, but they're a drive. And so um, I don't think you get as much of that. Hey, on your next one, go here. And I, I feel that we can do that so often that when people are just walking around downtown and we know that there's, you know, down the street, a couple more, you know, feet down, you can find another winery that's open today. It's that it adds to that feel of working together and being collaborative. I think because we are so t- uh, close by. Right. Absolutely. And I love the fact, first of all, I think it's a lot uh, safer <laughs> for the most part, because these people, yeah. some people, <laughs> you know, uh, they're, they're, you know, thank goodness for Uber. We'll just say that. <laughs> we'll Absolutely. Say that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so now your actual tasting room is uh, located on Railroad Street. Uh, so named because there's a railroad track there. Um, and so tell us, how did you find that space? And it's a, such a cozy tasting room. And I don't know if you, I, I'm assuming you didn't paint the outside, but the stuff you did on the inside is incredible. It is such a beautiful tasting room, but I do love the colors on the outside too. So how did you find that place? We knew we wanted to be downtown. Uh, so we did, we found a property manager to start looking for us. We didn't know um, how soon we were going to want to have a taste room, but we did have them start looking. Uh, and we were fortunate that um, this place came available and it was around, I think it was April of 21. So around, if you picture March, April, the COVID was starting to take less of a hold on people and we could come indoors and not have to serve food. And we opened in the end of May of 21. And so it was like perfect timing for us, but finding that place, I I do love it there. It's the, the green arms on the building and then the green trees behind it. And then two day, two times a day, you hear the train go by one heading South and one going North. It's, it's adorable. I absolutely love it. And then what you did inside is absolutely beautiful. Did did you design that? Were you involved? Like it's yeah, it's beyond yeah. beautiful in there. Well, it was me and the sons. So both okay. both the boys, um, and a lot of it is handmade. So the bar, uh, my older son actually took the staves from our 2019 um 
barrels where the the wine was in 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 19 and 21 he took those barrels apart and made the bar and oh, then wow. um my other son Cole the winemaker he's he was the one that made the tables and then my um, brother-in-law um made the big clock on the wall so it's it's a, it was a family <laughs> family uh project and kind of everybody gave a hand Wow, they are you have some very talented uh children and family members. Yes. Yes. They are jack of all trades. That's mm-hmm. that is fantastic cuz seriously the bar the it I would have assumed that was purchased or whatever. It, it it you know, everything in there is so beautiful and like that could be another job for them. Like they could, <laughs> right? they could sell that stuff. They yeah. could sell that. Wow. Um, so what do you, what do you feel is your favorite thing about the wine industry? Being in, uh, being able to drink wine every day. (laughs) Uh, I always, I, my fantasy was to have an endless supply of wine and now I do. And I also have a job where I can drink all day long and nobody (laughs) thinks anything of it. So, I mean, it's a, it's a good gig. It's a good gig. (laughs) <laughs> the other day I was in there and people came in for a glass. I'm like, well, I guess I'll have one with you. <laughs> you know? Right. right. Yeah. 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 The hardest thing is when people say, well, what's your favorite? And you're like, it's, they're like my children. How can I pick a favorite right now? I feel like drinking this one next right. time. I'm going to feel like drinking that one. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. My answer to that is always, well, it definitely depends on my mood the what the day is what i did during the day like yes. literally my mood determines what i you know what i'm willing to open or or um but i i you're right it's just fun to be able to drink all day right it's the wine it's all about that <laughs> absolutely absolutely uh yeah. yeah yesterday i had an interview um and i was speaking with a winemaker in italy so it was 10 a.m. <laughs> nice I'm drinking yeah. Italian wine with her you know it's all good it's all good it's wine uh, it's, time anytime yes it, it's work it's absolute yes. work that's right that's right <laughs> so whenever you get asked the favorite you know you the next question is what is your least favorite aspect of the wine industry and now a word from our sponsor Exploring the Wine Glass is brought to you by Dracina Wines. Dracina Wines is an artisan winery located in Paso Robles, California. They have been producing wine since 2013. Their first vintage began with one wine, their classic Cabernet Franc, which received a 91 in Wine Enthusiast. Since then, they have increased production as well as expanded their portfolio, have received many accolades, including multiple double gold medals and consistent 90-plus ratings. Visit their website, www.dracinawines.com, or use the link in the show notes to schedule a private tasting and to see their entire portfolio. Purchase your award-winning wine and let Dracina Wines help turn your moments into great memories. I think it's it's that we're new to it still. Um, I, I feel like we still feel very um, ignorant at times on things, you know, just trying to figure out all the nuances. Right now, I can tell you not my least favorite part is the weeds. <laughs> Everybody loved the, the rain, but, um, yeah. you know, I, I, getting on top of the weeds because otherwise they'll grow past the vines and the olive orchard. So that's probably right now the thorn in my side. 
And yeah, absolutely. Everybody's like, well, how did the rain affect the, yeah, this vintage? Oh, it's not really the vintage. It's the, it's It's everything else that's growing. Yeah. 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 And uh, I think driving, driving 41 back and forth over to Fresno and stuff, it it was honestly the most beautiful to, to see all the wildflowers going, but you know, everything else is growing also. This is definitely my favorite time of year. Um, Usually though, it's funny when we don't get as much rain, usually um, by now the hills will have goldened up, right? So the green would have gone away for the grasses, the weeds would die or golden. And then you have the leafing coming out from the vines. And so at either time you've got either green or golden, or you have no leaves on the vines and you've got green grass. Well, it's literally the last couple of weeks, it's still holding on to where there's green on the ground. And then all of the foliage that's coming out, it's just so gorgeous right now. Yeah, it it is a beautiful time. It it absolutely is a beautiful time. So what do you think um, is uh, if... If, what is the next step for Stilson? What what do you see in the future for Stilson Sellers? No, I don't know if it's to get um, more property or another vineyard or, you know, I love this and I love that my my son found a passion that he, you know, my other son always wanted to be a firefighter like his his dad. And so he found his passion when he was three. But finding winemaking for Cole, I think this it was just such such an amazing thing that I just want this to be like for good. I want to make sure that this this is going to be you know growing and getting bigger and for him for them. Okay. Not not an, another major for him to go into. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, no. What I have to ask: What were his previous majors? Oh my gosh, uh, I know one of them was business management. Uh, okay. before that, I, I honestly, I couldn't tell you. So this was like, he had already changed twice and he was like, not loving the business management. And that was when I was like, well, if you want to find a third thing that, mm-hmm. you know, that was, but again, right. like facetiousness. Okay. I, so, I mean, I'm not going to, I'm not going to like say I know Cole well, but every time I see him, he's always smiling and he's having a good time and he's, just uh, and it's horrible i i keep saying i know i'm old when i start calling these people kids um but you know he's like he's uh, he, he's such a good kid he's funny he's got so much personality i don't see him being a business manager sitting like behind a desk and dealing no. with that type of thing so no no <laughs> no he, he definitely found what what he needed to which is has been awesome to watch as a mom yeah, I bet. I bet. And how does he, how is he loving, like, just, is he like a sponge and just bringing everything in from, you know, Bella Luda and everybody, you know, yeah, yeah and everything? it's, it's neat to see um, how he's developed. Um, Bella Luna has quite a few family members between the two families that are winemakers. And so he will, he will ask a question or or want to seek an answer and he'll ask all of them individually and then he'll listen to them all. And then he forms his own opinion. (laughs) So it's almost like he's, he's still, he's, he knows what he wants to do, but he wants to hear whose idea would, would be to go this way or that way and and how he would tweak it, which has been, it's been neat. You know, he's taken it on as, as his own and not relying on others, but it is still neat that he is open to, listen to what they will, you know, what they will give him. 
Well, you know, the, there is the saying that is if you ask 10 winemakers a winemaking question, you'll get 11 answers. So <laughs> that's about right. <laughs> and then they have their own. Right? right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So is there anything I missed about Stilson Sellers that you want people to, you know, that we should cover? Did I miss anything? Um, I don't think you missed anything about Stilson Sellers, but I wanted to um, bring up that downtown Paso is going to be having a big event in October, um, the weekend of the 13th, 14th, and 15th. All of the downtown area, including not just the wineries, but a lot of the um, businesses and little boutiques are going to get together and we're going to have a celebration of downtown. It's going to be called the downtown vibe. So I want everybody to kind of put that in their back, in the back of their minds or put it on their calendar that they want to make it out to Paso that weekend because we're going to have a lot going on. That is fantastic. Yes. And I got a phone call yesterday that gave a little bit more explanation. So I am in two thumbs up for I am. All right. We are in (laughs) now to figure out exactly what we're going to be doing. But yes, we are are in. So and I think that it's going to be fantastic. And uh, again, just the whole concept of how that is downtown, how the restaurants can collaborate with the wineries or even the shops that are there, they're they're is always something for everybody or anyone in downtown that, you know, it's not just, it's not just the wine or it's not, you know, we have wine, we have beer, we have clothing shops, we have, you know, uh, I don't know what you call people who sell material, material shops. Right. And you know, the, the country store sells a little bit of everything. Everything. Yeah, it's precious. And we want people to really feel downtown Paso when they come that weekend. Right. All right. So that is perfect. So I am going to ask, when are we going to kind of get some sort of graphic so that we can start advertising that? Is that in the near future? I am working on that. We are working on that as we speak. And you will be getting an email a little bit more uh, in detail tomorrow. All right. Awesome. Awesome. So if we have three things that you want people to remember about either downtown or Stilson Cellars in particular, what, what three things as my listeners come to the end of the podcast, do you want them to go away with? Paso Robles is precious and it's not just for the wine. The people here are amazing. That's number one for me. Um, Wine is is something that I fell in love with a long time ago. And I love being around people who love wine as well. So um, that would be number two. And three is just um, enjoying this venture with my boys. Owning a business with them. It is truly a family affair at at your place. It is. Absolutely. And then... (laughs) How can people find you? Uh, well, we we have our website, which is Stilson Sellers. We are on Instagram and Facebook at Stilson Sellers and um, trying to start loading some videos on YouTube. So look for Stilson Sellers in any of those avenues that you like to um, follow along on. And what about how do they come visit you? Reservations, walk-ins, combination um, thereof? <laughs> some people like to do reservations. So we do have a reservations button on our website. Uh, some people would rather just wing it and we take both. So either make a reservation and come in or don't, but we're at 1005 Railroad Street, downtown Paso. And in a free parking area. Oh, we have a free parking lot. Yes, we have (laughs) our own little parking lot. 
which is a plus sometimes for downtown. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and then you also have some, you do have food available in your place, right? We just, we have some um, snacks. snacks and meats. Yeah. Yeah. Crackers, meats and cheese. We don't serve anything. Um, you know, it's just more, if anybody needs to have a bite while they're drinking, that's available. Perfect. And one last time, your hours. Uh, we are going to summer hours now, so we will have, um, we'll be open a little bit later on Friday and Saturday now till seven. Okay. So we are Wednesday through Sunday and we open every day at one. All right. Perfect. And six o'clock on the other days, but seven o'clock on Friday and Saturday. Okay. Perfect. So it is super easy to get to Stilson Cellars if you are in downtown. And again, that free parking is kind of a big deal in downtown. Um, and you just, just look for the railroad and go on that road and go down and then look for that beautiful green li- line. Lime green? Uh, lime green pillars that Those come off the brown building. <laughs> Absolutely. And I guarantee you are going to enjoy yourself because the wines are wonderful. And, you know, honestly, you guys are one of, I shouldn't say that, but you are one of my favorite peoples. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so uh, head on over to Stilson and come on to downtown Paso and find out what that vibe is all about because it is definitely a special place to be. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having us on here today. Absolutely. And I did save a little bit of aware. So I always like to end with a little slancha virtual clink. And (laughs) thank you. Cheers. Have a great week and I will see you later this week. Thank you. (laughs) Bye. You are special. This has been another episode of Exploring the Wine Glass. Thanks for listening. If you have suggestions on what topics you would like me to discuss, please reach out on social media. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook as Exploring the Wine Glass. I am also on LinkedIn as Lori Hoyt Bud. Of course, you can always email me at exploringthewineglass at gmail.com and sign up for my newsletter at exploringthewineglass.com. If you enjoyed what you heard, please rate, review, and subscribe to help others find me more easily. And most importantly, tell your wine-loving friends, because if you like the podcast, they will too. Podcast music is Wine by Kevins. Until next week, slancha. Never let you go, oh, oh. No, 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 never let you go, oh, oh.